Welcome to a Neon Jazz interview with Kansas City up-and-coming drummer and busy man, Mr. Brian Stever. During our candid interview, he spoke about his beginnings in South Dakota, going to Chicago, Jeff City, and finally here in Kansas City. He talks about being instructed by Bobby Watson down at UMKC, his beginnings on the street of Jeff City with the great Herman Mahari, and much more. Dig it. Hello. Yeah, hey, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Is this Joe? This is Joe with Neon Jazz. Joe, nice to talk to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking your time out today. No problem. Um, let me get right to it. If you're, Are you ready to go? Yeah, sure. Okay. Cool. Cool. I need to do anything to get ready? <laughs> uh, just do do some stretching and just uh, just take your mind and kind of put it in a calm place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so first, count backwards from ten. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, this is called the jazz sobriety test. <laughs> so first thing I want to let's let's get to the alpha of your life. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I lived there until I was seven years old, and then my family moved to Chicago. And I lived there until I was 13, and then I went to high school in Jefferson City, Missouri, and uh, went to college in Kansas City, Missouri, and that's where I live now. Right on. So how did Chicago and the places that you grew up in cultivate this interest in jazz? Uh, Well, I started playing the drums... Uh, kind of right off the bat, because my dad was a guitar player in uh, like kind of a wedding dance band, mm-hmm. and my mother and I would go crash those wedding receptions when I was three or four years old, and when the drummer was tearing down, I would help him and get to sit on his drums and bang away, and I would watch him the whole night. And then when I got old enough to take drum lessons, that was when we lived in Chicago, and uh, I just... It was mostly uh, heavy metal and punk music that I was interested in and playing along to, but I always knew in the back of my mind that I would eventually settle on jazz. Uh, My teacher in Chicago, just, you know, there was one page in the book of jazz, and we did that page, and I loved it. And I said, can we do more? And he's like, nope, the next page is something different. Sorry. <laughs> he was a great teacher and everything. But then when we moved to Missouri, I met a teacher named Lloyd Warden, uh, who lives in Columbia and is a great teacher. He kind of became my mentor. And I told him I wanted to learn jazz when I was in eighth grade. And we just kind of dove in head first. Right on. And then, of course, being in Kansas City, uh, going to UMKC and studying with Bobby Watson and Doug Allwater and all the wonderful faculty there, that that helped a lot. And being in Kansas City with this thriving music scene. So talk to me a little bit about Bobby Watson, UMKC, and kind of getting more of your skills honed. What was that experience like? It was uh, it was great. Um it was humbling, you know, it's a constant, like, uh, you just get better. And there's so much support. Like it wasn't like there's any meanness or berating, but it was just, uh, constantly healthy criticism, you know? And there was like never any question of what do I do next? It was a, a very, like there was a direction and, Aside from the faculty being wonderful at UMKC, my peers 
were very inspiring too. So that was, I mean, they, they, that was just as valuable, I would say, as the official faculty, as my other peers there. And we would spend so much time together uh, having jam sessions and just practicing together and inspiring each other that way. So what is it about the drums? Is it a therapeutic thing for you? Is it the instrument that you're kind of, how, how are you drawn to the drums and how do you view the whole act of drumming? Well, I, it's always, it's just always been the drums. I'm not sure. I never, you know, as I said, it was when I was two or three when I kind of made that decision. So I wasn't, I wasn't really having a, a logical decision-making process then. <laughs> but maybe it was just, you know, the instrument that I saw on the bandstand that I could most easily recreate with a book and some popsicle sticks at home. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, it was just, okay, I can, I can get through this right now. And, uh, the, you know, don't, I don't have to wait for any kind of special equipment or anything. My parents don't have to get me anything. I can find all the stuff I need to make a little drum set right here, you know? Sure. And I think I think that was how I decided on the drums. Very good. And, uh, yeah, I just, I still try to look at drumming like that as, okay, I have my drum set, but what else can I use? Constantly thinking about that. You know, I noticed that you know, to make noise. Yeah. Well, I noticed that you play at the Majestic a lot and back in the nineties I used to see Tommy Ruskin down there with Brom Wienons and he would get bottles, Brom would hop out from behind that um, hop out from behind the, the drum set and just put the bottles up and go crazy and I thought that was totally cool how he integrated that into what he did. Yeah, that was Tommy was the first person that I saw play. When I, I started visiting Kansas City to look at colleges when I was, you know, early high school, and he was playing at the Majestic with Brom, and I remember exactly what you're talking about, using his surroundings just as much as he would use his drum set. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about the projects and bands you've been involved with over the years. Oh, man. Uh, it's it's something different every day. It seems like so it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> but... Um, I just recently uh, was on a record that Mike Matheny made of the Trumpet Summit. It features three great Kansas City trumpeters, Mike Matheny, Stan Kessler, and Herman Mahari. And then in the rhythm section, it's myself, Gerald Spates, and TJ Martley. And uh, that hasn't been released yet, but there, there is going to be released in late September, I believe. So that is something I'm very excited about. Um, and then I, like you said, I play at the Majestic every Tuesday night with the Herman Mahari trio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, and me and Herman have been playing in that context ever since, you know, ever since I was in, a freshman in high school, because Herman also grew up in Jefferson City. And we would, we would just set up on the, the street corner right across from the, our state's capital there in Jefferson City and play music to the passers-by. Oh, cool. <laughs> so so we're, yeah, cool. we're used to that. Right on. Right on. Yeah, and I, from what I understand, you know, being a political town, there's a lot. It's kind of like D.C. There's some grit that goes into Jeff City. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure yeah. you had you had you had figure out what, when the when the lunch hour was. So when like when everyone would be on the streets during the day and we'd go out there. Right on. 
in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> so from the streets of uh, Jeff City to around the country and world, where have you performed? I haven't gotten to do very much traveling. I would say that the the biggest deal I had was recently playing uh, at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. Um, as part of Betty Carter Jazz Ahead. That took place in the month of March. And it was a kind of a, a two-week program that was just a, a bunch of peers that uh, composers and performers that got chosen from all over the world. And we just learned each other's music. And it culminated with three nights of performance at the Kennedy Center. So that was that was something else. I never had an experience like that. And um, other than that, I haven't gotten to do very much traveling. It's mostly in the area. But I am looking forward to a lot of traveling in my future, definitely. Right on. So... In the area here in Kansas City, where are you playing, and what venues do you like to play the most? Oh, man, any any venue where I can get at least one person to listen. That is that is always my goal. But there are great audiences in Kansas City, so it's, that's usually pretty easy. Um, like I said, I play at the Majestic every Tuesday night. I play at a place called Peropos in Briarcliff Village every Saturday afternoon. And um, other than that, you know, every everything else fills in where I'm playing mostly every day. And uh, my favorite venues are the Blue Room, um, Take 5 down in Leewood is always a great listening room. It's it's crazy, you know, there's, there's not a sign there that says shut up and listen, but it's like everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. A lot, a lot of great music happening in Leewood all of a sudden, which is really cool. Well, I guess I guess there needed to be a new venue after Jardines, technically, and it seems like that's kind of the vibe going on there. I I saw you back, I believe, in December, and I got to say, you got some you got some good energy behind those drums. It was really cool to see you perform. I think it was Bill McKeamy and Stan Kessler and the guys, and it was it was a joy to watch. Oh, great! Thank you very much. Thank you. So. Um, let me uh, let me ask you this. Speaking of all these Kansas City musicians, it, I, I continue to ask this because there seems like there's a renaissance in the Kansas City jazz scene. What's your interpretation? How do you feel about that? Well, I don't really have a lot to compare it to, besides just talking to the you know people that are a couple years my elder. But I've uh, it, it seems like a renaissance to me, you know. There's just so many people here, and it's uh, it's there's more and more people moving here. It's creating, like, a gravity of musicianship that's drawing people from all over the world now, so that's exciting. A uh, great vibraphonist named Peter Slam just moved here. And, uh, you know, when, when people come and visit from elsewhere, they're like, man, I didn't know about Kansas City. I think that, that, that's the only thing left is... Now people are going to start to find out, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, right on. So, who are your jazz heroes? Oh, man. I really like Elvin Jones and Billy Higgins and Tony Williams and uh, a couple more recent drummers. Uh, Matt Wilson was the first uh, drummer that I heard where I said, okay, I got to play jazz. Mm-hmm. And he, then I was... 
fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times and get some lessons from him, and he is just a great human being as well, which is, you know, a really good example. <laughs> and uh, so he's one of my favorites, Brian Blade, um, Jeff Kane Watts, Roy Haynes. Those are just the drummers, though. Sure. I could go on and on and on. Well, let's let's bring this down to kind of a pinhead then. If you could go back in time and meet any of these jazz guys and talk to them, who would it be and what would you want to know? Probably Billy Higgins. Just, he always plays very simply behind the drums. There's, you know, never, never too much going on. But it's like just so sincere and from the heart. And you know, there's drummers you hear where it's it's very obvious to listen to them why they're so well liked and successful. Whether it's because they play like they can play really fast or really loud. But with Billy, it's always like, Wow, I just it's it's something really indescribable behind his playing that you know why it's it's just it's so subtle, it's not obvious why he's so, but he's like the most recorded drummer ever, and he's played in so many different uh, so many different situations. I would want to talk to him. Right on. So let's say we reconvene an interview 20 years from now, and I ask you, what have you done? What are you proud of? How, how would you want to answer that question? Oh my gosh. What question? <laughs> see so we're having an interview 20 years from now so it's is it 2033 now yeah okay so it's 2033 which is a great year as far as i can remember <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i would just uh want to have played in a variety of musical situations in a variety of places and since it's 2003, perhaps a variety of planets. Nice. And uh, uh, I think by that time, I probably have a family. <laughs> and which is, I mean, they are, you, you can tell they're just the sweetest, adorable little kids you've ever seen. <laughs> and they're well-behaved and they're polite and they don't give their father any trouble, which is nice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Very nice. Um, other than that, I don't know. We can't wait to get there, though. That'll be that'll be fun. <laughs> right on. So, um, have you given your autograph out very very many times? Mm, autographs, maybe two or three times, but it always seems silly <laughs> to so, me. Um, let me let me ask you this: Before this interview, what was the last song you listened to? Oh my gosh, the last song I listened to. Man, I, I played a gig last night, and it was I, I just, it was pretty quiet when I got home. I didn't find no no on the way home. I listened to I think Cheesecake from Dexter Gordon's record Go, and that happens to have Billy Higgins playing on it. Maybe that's why he was on my mind. Cool, very cool. Yeah, if, whenever I ask that question, what music do you listen to? I always get the pause because it's the safe answer. So the last thing you listen to is raw, and it gives a little bit more insight into what, what you're really listening to now. So Yeah, right. 
That's cool. Um, so, what's what's what are what are some of your future plans? What's going on now? What's going on, say, a year from now? What kind of plans do you have? Well, I will be in Kansas City for the next couple of years at least, um, and I would like to continue playing with all the wonderful musicians I'm playing with, but I'd also like to do more and more traveling, and I'm kind of trying to figure out how to incorporate that into my schedule, um, whether I just, I mean, it would be ideal, obviously, to uh, have a gig as a reason to go somewhere, then, then it would be a no-brainer where and when to go. But I might start just going and visiting these places and bringing drumsticks with me and finding jam sessions and meeting people that way. And so I'm just t- trying to figure out how to do that. But I'll be I'll be based in Kansas City for at least the next four or five years. And uh, I would like to do the, the Betty Carter Jazz Ahead residency uh, next year again if I could. That's, uh, they don't have a limit on how many times you can do that. And I really enjoyed myself last year, so... Cool. I could do that again. So, what do you like the most about Kansas City? Uh, the community of musicians is just—it's just great. You—it's uh, like a, a big group of friends that make art and music together. That is my favorite thing about it, and it's—it's it's just a, a kind of a, a unique balance of—it's of, just. It's realistic to play music and have that be your how you make a living here, which is nice about Kansas City. Absolutely, the cost of living is reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, let, let me get hyper local here with you. I, I'm I'm down to the point where I'm getting to my final question, and this is it. In the length of one tweet, tell me who you are. I don't have Twitter, so how, how long is the tweet, and does this count against my tweet? <laughs> no, 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 no. We are we are not. We are out of talk show realm here or game show. So you have 144 characters, and if you go over it, everything's fine. I have no buzzer. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, I'm Brian Stever. I am a drummer who lives in Kansas City, and I am available. To make you sound better. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you for your time. It, it, keep on keeping on, man. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I hope to see you around in the future, Joe. Thanks, thanks for uh, reaching out to me. You bet, man. Take it easy. You too. Bye bye. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you some insight into the finest players doing that jazz around Kansas City and the world. And thanks to Brian for his time and insight into his drumming craft. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, or you can visit all things Neon Jazz at theneonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.